0: It's
1: time for JT the Brick.
0: Raider Nation, unite! We're a show based on fans.
1: Embrace the culture, embrace the history of this organization.
0: Feels like football.
1: Man, you know, since I've been here, I've only had one winning season. So really, like, all the
0: individual accolades don't really mean nothing when you don't win. That's a gritty, gutty win!
1: Yeah, this is what I dreamed
0: of. You know, this is is what it's all about. We're not going backwards. We're going to do this right. Obviously, you know, we would love to. You know, playing a Super Bowl in our hometown. They hate you. They despise you. They think you're a bunch of thugs.
2: JT the Brick.
0: Who's the number one rival of the Broncos? The Raiders. Who's the number one rival of the Chargers? The Raiders. Who's the number one rival of Kansas City? Without question, the Oakland, L.A., and now Las Vegas Raiders.
1: Honestly, I don't care who I play against. I go out there, I I don't discriminate. I treat everybody the same way. When we we go out there, and I'm more concerned about what we're doing as a football team and what I'm doing personally.
0: And now, your Las Vegas Raiders. Here's JT the Brit. Out of the gate. JT with you. Ready to roll? Oh, it's Big Boy Radio. Here we go, Steelers in town. I got my A game. Fred Bolitnikoff at the bottom of the hour. We bring in Freddie B. We bring him in multiple times, but we bring him in especially for the Steelers game as there is a heightened sense of urgency throughout the global Raider Nation for the importance of the win on Sunday night. Welcome in. My show is brought to you by Golden Entertainment. I'm proud to MC they their ALS gala here Friday night at the Strat. Big event, it's up on my feed On Twitter, if you'd like to go Buy tickets, links are there A big event there, everybody's got a big event This weekend, but I love to donate As much time as I can to help good causes And is there a bigger cause in town We do great things Because we get invited to do it, but ALS Has affected a lot of families here So thanks to Golden Entertainment As they fuel the monologue 64 PTs in the valley here Best happy hour from 5 to 7 to midnight to two. So let's jump into the Steelers. Let's go balls out. We talk balls because we're sports on the Steelers. And a heightened sense of urgency today. I brought in a murderer's row. I got Vinny Bonsignor. I got Kevin Bollinger, sports director from Fox Five. I got Fred Bolitnikoff We're loaded up today. I can get you into the show, but you got to get in. You got to get in and you got to bring your A game, man. You got to go hard. You got to tell me about the history of the rivalry with you. When I say Steelers, what does it mean to you? What does it mean to you, this rivalry? I would say it's bigger than most, right? It's got to be. They're not in the AFC West. Who cares? It's the Steelers dating back to Franco's Italian Army, Rocky Blyer, Mean Joe Green, Mel Blunt. George Atkinson, Jack Tatum, Otis Sistrunk, Fred Belitnikoff, the Lake Cliff Branch, and Ken Stabler, the Snake, whose family's in town, pregame to get the Hall of Fame ring that he wasn't able to get because he passed away before his enshrinement into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Is that enough to set the stage? It is for me. There is a big sense of urgency to win this game. It's not do or die, but we're going to know a lot about this team. When I said that, I didn't say it. Kind of that way with the Buffalo game because none of us, as in zero, none of us on the radio, I'm talking fans, thought that there was a great chance to beat the Bills, a small chance to beat Buffalo, small. You play the greatest game of your life, you take the air out of the ball, you control the clock, you do it right, maybe you beat the Bills. Okay, it didn't happen. They got blown out, blown out after the opening drive. We put that behind us now. We saw the Steelers on Monday night. Kenny Pickett does not look impressive, but he did last year on Christmas Eve on the final two drives when the Raiders couldn't get anything going on offense. They kept giving the ball back to the Steelers, and they eventually won. I'm very happy that the Raiders this Sunday don't have to open up against Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Tua Tunga-Vailoa the way he's playing. They're opening up against Kenny Pickett. Okay, if I can't get here and be excited about that, then I got nothing to be excited about. Okay, that's not Terry Bradshaw on the other side. And did you know, Bobby, did you know that the Ben Roethlisberger, future Hall of Famer, no debate, never beat the Raiders. 0-4. That is an unbelievable stat. Roethlisberger's beaten everybody. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He's got two Super Bowl rings. 0-4 lifetime against the Raiders, and Kenny Pickett's 1-0. and Kenny Pickett can't go 2-0 and against the Raiders. In our house... Sunday night on NBC with the Raiders pulling everything out to make you excited about this entertainment and football game. They're all in. Mark Davis has done it all. Mark Davis has paid the coaches, the football staff, everybody built the stadium with the help of Las Vegas and everything else. Everything's been set to go win this game. Go win the game. Now, how are you going to win the game? That's the show for the next couple days. Friday, I'll be live from Top Golf from noon to 2, courtesy of Modelo. Yes, I will have a bucket of Modelo's but I won't drink a bucket of Modellos because I got to drive. I got an event later on that night at the Strat for the ALS Foundation in Nevada here, which I'm excited about. But you can have as many Modellos as you want. I would get there a little early as people are scared. That's another topic, Bobby. Everybody's scared about F1 in town here. The same, the same numbskulls who are on media here in Vegas? Oh, the stadium's gonna give us traffic. Why do we need the Raiders here? Why we got UNLV? Why do we need the Raiders? Yeah, yeah, they're chirping again on F1 traffic. Look, traffic sucks. We don't have much in this town. We don't. If the strip, if there's traffic on the strip because of F1, deal with it. We have F1. It's gonna bring in billions (plural) for the next decade, and their hub is here now as they built the paddock right behind Virgin. So. Yeah, it is a pain in the ass. So, if you're going to come out to Top Golf, try to get there a little bit early. We'll be there from noon to two. I'm excited for that. So, back to the topic of the show, number 702 365 I'm going to simplify it today. I'm going to simplify it. How do we beat the Steelers? I'll go first. I always go first. So, you can't say, man, JT doesn't have an opinion. Matter of fact, I'm going to stand up for this one. I'm standing up in the studio. I'm ready. I am ready to roll with this. First off, From talking to Raider Mort today, arguably one of the greatest Raider fans of all time, I said, Mort, what do you think of the game? He goes, I'm concerned. I go, why? He goes, because our defense doesn't play with any fundamentals other than Max Crosby. I said, whoa, what? what?" He goes, Max Crosby is the only guy I see on going sideline to sideline, knocking guys out of bounds, and running back to the huddle. I don't see enough of that. I go, okay, I'll make note of that. Number two, we don't have any fundamentals on defense in securing the edge. Securing the edge, everybody's running on the outside. Well, Mort's right. They ran for 183 yards. A lot of times they were going around the edge. So who's securing the edge? Who's securing the edge if Tyree Wilson and Max don't do it every play? And which linebacker is coming in to clean it up? Number two, it doesn't seem like the Raiders, as of now, I think it will be fixed. I do. I trust these coaches. They're not playing with any fundamentals on defense. Dave Ziegler wants smarter, faster, more explosive players who are disruptors. And he's trying to build the team around that. That's why they drafted Tyree. I'm fine with Tyree. I'm fine with him. It's going to take him a little time to get going. Where are the disruptors on this defense? Where are the guys disrupting the football game? Well, they're not at the defensive tackle position. That's a problem. Because unless they get better... Unless something happens with these guys, should the Raiders consider doing something and bringing people from out of town to come in here and do the job? We're getting close to that. If these defensive tackles can't do it, I would like to see Nestor Jade Silvera and Isaiah Palamal at safety after this game. I'll go one more. But if Merrick doesn't play at a high level and Epps is going nowhere, he's a good player. If Merrick doesn't have a big game and pop Isaiah Palomal or Teemer or whatever you want, put him in there. Put him in there. I know Merrick with the the cast and the thumb, I get all that. I've been trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Again, I know my tone isn't perfect. My wife says, change your tone. You're on the phone with, change your tone. No, I'm not. It's a radio show. My tone is play to your ability or better than your ability. We know that – I don't know what the ceiling is on Trayvon Merrick. I don't know. Is it the Pro Bowl? Doesn't look like it. Is it to play average? Yeah. Where's the greatness? Let's get it Sunday night. Okay? I like Robert Spillane. I think fundamentally he's pretty good. I really is. Is he Phil Villapiano or Matt Millen in their prime? No, he's not. But can he do a good job? Yes. I think they're happy with him. And I love the body transformation of Divine Diablo. He looks like the guy I want to see the linebacker look like for my team. I grew up with Lawrence Taylor. Okay, There's a difference between – you saw Ray Lewis, remember him? Divine Diablo doesn't play like Ray Lewis, but he's starting to look like him. Muscles, strong, angry player, getting behind the line of scrimmage. I like that. I'm good with that. I touched on the defensive tackles. And then when we get to the cornerbacks, Marcus Peters – Again, it's tough to look at the tape on him. The coaches do. I'm going to ask about this to the coaches and and try to figure this out. Marcus Peters now threw two games. They didn't throw at him in the Denver game. And Buffalo just steamrolled the Raiders' defense. I don't know what his cause and effect was to that game. But Marcus Peters, this is his moment. This is his moment. It's his home opener in Oakland, right? But it's not Oakland. It's Vegas. And his family's there from Oakland. This is... Right? Am I right to say that this is a Marcus Peters game? And then we got Jacorian and Bennett on the other side. You won't hear a complaint out of me. If he gets beat twice, you won't hear a peep out of me. I love the kid. He wears number zero. He's got swagger. He's the future, just like Namdi Asamoah was the future when he came here. Others, I don't know how he'll pan out, but I'm great with him. I love that pick. I love it. So if he's going to get beat, he's going to have a pass interference. You won't hear a peep out of me. I'll mention it, but I'm not going to say get him off the field. I'll say get Merrick off the field. I will say that if he doesn't play at the level because Isaiah Palomal or Team or someone else might be better than him. So we're going to see. So that's the defense. Here's Patrick Graham uh, talking about some of the issues at his press conference on what happened with the Bills and the passing percentage Of the Buffalo Bills and why they were so successful.
1: Combination of good players. Good players to throw the ball to. And, you know, I got to do a better job.
0: Okay. I got to do a better job. Okay. Went upstairs. Went upstairs. I got that. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Tyree Wilson on tape. What does he look like? So for Tyree Wilson, he's our future. He is our future. The season ticket holders. Our future is Max Crosby and Tyree Wilson. That's the future. No Chandler Jones, anything like that. So what does the defensive coordinator think of the number 7 pick overall?
1: He's working hard and, and trying to capitalize on, on his opportunities. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure they'll increase as the season goes on, but he's working really hard and trying to be the best football player he could be, and that's all he can do right now. And that's what we all do right now. Best football player, best coach, that's what all we can do.
0: Okay, so that is a generic answer, which I'm fine with. I like him. I'm like him. He's a big listener on my show way back in the day. used to listen to me in overnights. I liked the guy. Went to Yale. He's a sharp guy. I do. I think he's a good coach. But the system here in the scheme, if he's basically saying we got to wait for Tyree to develop, I'm going to wait. I'm not selling my season tickets. I hope to be going nowhere. I'd like to see the guy develop, and then finally on him moving upstairs to the booth instead of being down on the field. Why did this happen? We did what we
1: thought was best for this season, and it's, it's been it's been fine so far. And you know, it's just I've been up in the booth before in my career, just not in the play calling role. But I've been up first six years of my career in NFL. I was up in the booth, and you know. Just getting situated up there, you know, got I got be able to have my coke and you know and all that so That's a little back back to the old days. But, you know, don't have to worry about the weather later on in the season. But you know, it's it's still seeing the game, you know, have a few years of experience now, so be able to see it from both sides, both ways from down the field and up in the box, but it's been it's been good.
0: There's a lot of experience when it comes to calling the defense and the offense on this team in this organization. A lot of experience and I'm not even dealing, you know, diving in deep to Rob Ryan and some of the other coaches that are here, they have plenty of coaches that have seen everything. They've coached in Super Bowls, playoff games. There's nothing that they see that they haven't seen before. I have to explain that to Raider fans from time to time. It's shocking that i got to explain to people, well, these guys have coached in bigger games than here. There hasn't been a big game here in a while, other than the, the game we won against the Chargers to knock them out of the playoffs. Raiders haven't won a playoff game in a while. A lot of these coaches have won a lot of playoff games and Super Bowl rings. So they've seen it all. Now they have to do it here. They have to do it inside Allegiant Stadium. Wherever they sit, I could give a crap. They're in the booth or not, I don't care. Call the game. Call the plays that you call in Henderson and have the players, if they're not doing it right in Henderson, either remove them from the starting lineup or coach them better. I think everybody would agree to that. Is that too hard for everybody? Am I too pro-raider pro raider there? Is someone going to tweet at me and say, man, JT, you're, you're just a homer? I don't know what more I can say. Everybody needs to do a better job. Everybody, including the fans. Fans are great. I'd like to see the fans on their feet on third down. Look, the elephant in the room is there's going to be a lot of Steeler fans there. Not shocking. They want to get in on they've – been, they've been trying to buy this ticket for a year. Okay, and if they're going to come to the game – And they're going to be there, going to have the best time of their life. Except they're going to lose the game. They're going to stay at a premium casino hotel. There's no curfew. They're going to be at the blackjack tables till 4 in the morning. Welcome them in. They're good people. Steeler fans have been around a long time. It's a great rivalry with the Raider Nation. But I think the Raider fans, on their feet, third down, do your job. Be excited about that. So what do the Raiders need to do to go out and win this game? 702 365 9,200. The show started 15 minutes ago. It is nowhere near where I want it to be. I want aggressive, intense, black hole style radio the remainder of the week here because we need this one. We need this one. You hear me go crazy week one and two. I figured they'd be one and one. If they're two and two, I'm looking at three and one. Two and two, I can survive. And then after that, I think the schedule opens up and some of it will benefit the Raiders. But this is a big one, no way about it. And the reason why it's so big: last year at the end of the year, everybody, the Niners came to town. The Raiders should have won that game. He should have. And then Kansas City came to town. Do you remember when Kansas City played? They were playing for the bye week and the number one seed, and they were much better than you know us here. And the Steelers—if the Steelers were coming here at week fourteen, say one of these two teams were already eliminated from the playoffs or not going. This game wouldn't matter as much if it was a week 14. It's Sunday night football week three. It's the Raiders' home opener. It's the Stabler family getting their ring. It's some of the greatest entertainment ever booked by the Raiders for this game. The weather is perfect. you know what this game's going to look like? I told my dad today, my 85-year-old dad, he knows the game Sunday night. I go, Dad, the, the viewing and sight lines of this game – NBC brings in the drones and the strip and the lights. It's going to start before the sun's setting. The fourth quarter, it's going to be dark. The whole world's going to be looking at Vegas going, oh, my God, what's that in the distance? Oh, that's the sphere where U2's playing. Oh, what's going on there? That, oh, that's the F1 paddock. I mean, we are on fire out here. All due respect to Oakland and L.A., this ain't Inglewood. This is Las Vegas. Let's go. So get there early. Stay late. Let's get ready to go. I, I wish the game was tonight. I really do. Uh, Thursday night football is the closest we can get. I wish they gave us a special Wednesday night edition of Raiders and Steelers. So Raider Nation unite. Fred Bolitnikoff's coming at the bottom of the hour. I got room here before Freddie and after Freddie, and then we're pretty booked up. Got a window coming up in the 1 o'clock hour. 702-365-9200. Dino in Rochester. How was the Buffalo trip? How was it?
3: Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it. Uh, JT oh, family commitment. But, sorry about uh, that. Yeah, um, well, I didn't miss much. Uh, I did see the game, but um, disappointing. You know, I, I I didn't think they were going to win that game. I, but I wanted to see them show much better than they did. You know, I'm waiting very patiently for this this staff to have this team prepared, and I want to I want to mm-hmm. see this. And I haven't seen it yet. I want to see a game where they play four quarters. Mm -hmm. of really solid football in all three phases, where they have a game where it's never in doubt. Mm -hmm. This is the game that they should be doing this in. The Pittsburgh team on offense is really struggling. I know the Raiders don't have a lot on defense after Max Crosby. They really don't. There's a lot of cast-offs. They don't have a single high draft pick right now on this defense that's in his prime. So they're still building this defense. But they should be able to put forth an effort in this Mm -hmm. game Against a guy that's making what? How many starts did Kenny Pickett made? He hasn't even had a full season yet of sixteen mm-hmm. or seventeen games. So a guy like Marcus Peters, I agree. This is a game where he can bait Kenny Pickett yeah. maybe once or twice and take one to the house. And they gotta get this pass rush going. You know, it's just it's disappointing that I haven't seen the staff have this team come out and play four quarters of football. And they haven't they haven't done it. Even in their victories last mm-hmm. year, they squeaked them out they just got to put an effort where they just come in there and play great in all three phases. I just haven't seen it. It's disappointing, and it's time. It's time. that This is it. Like you said, everything is set up for this game. Yeah, so, I agree with so you, Gino. They're a better team than uh, Pittsburgh. they got to go out and prove it now.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you, Gino. Good to hear from you. You've been calling me for decades, and I appreciate Thanks, you checking in. Thanks, buddy. appreciate the call and. Look, it it, it comes down to the team being ready to play four quarters. In Denver, the defense only gave up three points in the second half. I mean, the defense played really well. It was an exciting time to watch the defense get off the field with Russell Wilson there. Now, Russell Wilson isn't playing as well as he used to play, but he's a hell of a player. And in Buffalo, the offense came out and played great on the first series, and then they got steamrolled. The offense kept going three and out. They couldn't get anything going getting pancaked at the line of scrimmage. Josh Jacobs couldn't even get back to the line of scrimmage. And then they didn't do a good job in the passing game. So everything that they did in that game was negative. And that's unfortunate. You don't want to have a game where you play that poorly. And they did. I'm talking to the coach tomorrow. The first couple of questions is what happened in Buffalo? How do you clean it up? What was practice like this week? And what else can I say? Well, you know, when I, he's not going to sit there and, and say that this team is awful. No, this is his team. He loves this team. And he's got players who can make plays. But how do you come out? Eddie Pascal said on a Raiders Roundtable yesterday, he really believes the first 15 minutes of this game, 12, 15 minutes of this game is big. Because the Raiders got to play with the lead. The Raiders have to open up and play with the lead. They have to. And if they play with the lead... Then they'll get everybody going. The crowd's into the game. The Steeler fans, you know, they'll get into the game, too. But, you know, you'll have a fighting chance to build momentum on both offense and defense. I will get this out of the way, Bobby. The only one thing that concerns me about this game a lot, because Kenny Pickett doesn't, what concerns me is the fact that they have two elite players on the defensive side for Pittsburgh. And I'm talking super elite. Two of the highest-paid players at their position. So Alex Highsmith has won the AFC Defensive Player of the Week for Week 2. Okay, the player of the week is on Pittsburgh. He had seven tackles, one sack, and one interception for a touchdown. And then they have T.J. Watt, who's got the most sacks in the history of the franchise. So with all of that happening now, I hope the Raiders don't get too conservative on offense, which means bringing a fullback to block all the time. Have a chipper. Go jumbo because you want to protect I hope that the Raiders can handle this scheme without taking someone out of the passing game. Listen to Peter Schrager on Good Morning Football about the two defensive players that I just mentioned.
4: And I want to talk about two names, and that's Highsmith and Watt. Those guys were the stars of the evening. We came into this thing thing. Mm -hmm. Miles Garrett and Zaria Smith. How is that a duo? These guys blew him off the field. Um, Watt, you know, and Watt is awesome. I think... When Alex Highsmith got his huge new contract a few months back, everyone was like, really? (laughs) And not surprised that he got what he got, but that he's already in that conversation. He felt like an ascending player. Guess what? The Steelers... You pay for what the guy's going to be. You don't pay for the guy. For, talk about it. This is the future. You've got now two young, tremendous defenders. Highsmith's incredible. Last night he had five tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, an interception, and the opening touchdown of the game. And after the game when, uh, you know, Lisa Salters is talking to T.J. Watt, he says, well, first of all, first of all, before you even talk to me, I want to bring over this guy. And he brings and over look. Alex Highsmith. And, and he's like, this is the guy you got to be talking to also. They are a duo. This is no longer just T.J. Watt, Defensive oh. Player of the Year, throwing the whole team on his back like he's Atlas coming up a mountain. This is, in this case, a duo, and I think Highsmith showed his worth right now. I'm not trying to be dramatic here. They go down 0-2 to start the season with two losses at home, and the losses being to, to the Browns and, of course, opening week getting blown out by the Steelers and the offense looking the way it is. It's dark times. For They're 1-1 one one right now. Yeah. All right, let's get to the weekend. Like, yeah, yeah. Let's get to clutch. what we got in week three. A clutch win, yeah, right. and it wasn't because of the offense. It was because of Highsmith on one end, and it was because of Watt on the other. They were the most dominant players on the field. And aside from Micah Parsons, they might have been the most dominant defensive players in all of football mm-hmm. this weekend.
0: Whoa. Peter Schrager, NFL Network. Good morning, football. Two takeaways there. Two great players on defense, and the fact that they won the game playing defense. That's, our, that's my pregame show from the torch got to stop these two guys. You think I'm going to spend an hour on Kenny Pickett? I'm not going to spend an hour on him. He could win the game. He already beat the Raiders last year on Christmas Eve. I know what Pickett can do, but it's these two monsters on defense. And the Raiders have one monster on defense, Max Crosby. So let's find the other guy that could play at a level beyond their ability on Sunday night football. That's a good topic. Who's going to be the player there that plays not the game of his life, but a great game other than Max. Do you have a choice on defense of the player you need to step up and have a great game? Mike in Vegas on 920 here in town. What's happening, Mike?
2: Yes, I'm concerned about uh, T.J. Watt giving Jimmy G a hard time. Mm -hmm. If if Jimmy G has time to pass, and T.J. can't get to him. I think the Steelers have a good chance to win, but the offensive line or the tight ends might have to block Mm T.J., but that's my biggest concern, keeping uh, Jimmy grow up upright, and I think the uh, Raiders have a great chance to win.
0: Yeah, if you leave in a tight end, the tight end can't run a passing route. If you leave in Josh Jacobs to block, I'm okay with that. He hasn't been running the ball well. But that's only if you're going to have a big passing day. So you bring up a good point. You're going to have to pass-protect against T.J. Watt. Not run protect. There's no such thing. You, ru- you might want to run right at him. Just run right at him and see if that works here. It's a fascinating game to game plan. We'll talk about it coming up next with Fred Bolitnikoff, one of the greatest players of all time. Freddie B is joining us next as we get the show going, look back at a little bit of history on the other side. We're brought to you by Resorts World. Unbelievable property. Walk it. Walk it from the beginning to the back of it to the pool. The views at the pool are incredible. Fantastic place to go. Have dinner, have a cocktail, go to the sports book. Go see one of the shows, including Carrie Underwood. Sunday Night Football. Get excited. Fred Bolitnikoff, the Hall of Famer, joins us next on the Raiders flagship.
1: The key thing for us moving forward is just to get off to a fast start and to get the quarterback off their rhythm, and that, that starts with me first and foremost. So that's one thing that we have to do moving forward. And you know, when you're dealing with these really good quarterbacks, and you got find, you got find ways to do that. And you know, it comes from you know whether it's you know disguise, whether it's scheme, whatever it may be. You just got to find a way to get them off rhythm and you know create some um, good situations for the defense.
0: Yep, starting fast will be the key. Sunday night on NBC, Sunday night football, the rivalry, the Raiders at the Steelers. I don't know anybody who knows the rivalry better than the Hall of Famer, Fred Bolitnikoff. Kind enough to join us. Freddie, it's Steelers week. You've been through a few of those in your career, huh?
2: (laughs) Yes, I know it very, very well, believe me. Well, at least we don't have to worry about them icing down the field.
0: (laughs) Yes, very good point. You know, growing up in Erie as a kid before Florida State, uh, what was the Steelers? Because the Steelers weren't always great, and then the 70s came along when they improved. So when you came into the league, and then when you went out of the league and got into coaching for a long time, you've really seen the growth of the Steelers organization over the decades.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, when I was a kid growing up, you yeah, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Philadelphia, those were the teams in, in the area that I uh, grew up from. That were the you know were the favorites of all the people in Erie. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, different people had different teams, but uh, but yeah. So you see them grow and grow, and just keep growing. I mean, uh, there's no doubt about it. You look at that, how that how the Steelers have grown with the people that have played there. I think I think about I know about 50 percent of them are in the Hall of Fame. So that speaks for itself on what type of teams they had over the years. And uh, they've been winners. They've been a great defensive teams all the time. The defense plays well. Seems like they no matter what happens, it seems like Pittsburgh comes up with a great defense every year. Every single
0: year. Yep. Fred Bolitnikoff joins us. So from the time you came in with the Raiders, 65 through 78, I just want to concentrate on the 70s when you would go out there, more so when they came to Oakland. We know the history and the games and the big games. But that was a long road trip back then, flying from Oakland to Pittsburgh on the ground there, and man, what a war. Knowing that you had to prep all week in Oakland then fly out there and play in the winter games were really tough. What was your mindset like for the Steelers compared to some of the teams out west, like the Broncos in Kansas City?
2: Well, when you went, to, went back to Pittsburgh, I can only remember one time we went back there when it was not during the winter. <laughs> and it was the early, it was September, early September, it was so humid. But then... You know the years we had to go back there and play. Uh, your mindset was, you know, when you get to that stadium, when you go on that field, you better be ready to play, or you're going to get your ass kicked. And that's that's the way it was. There was a big battles between us all the time, with everybody great deep two great defenses, two great uh, offenses. Special teams were always great, mm-hmm. so you had both teams that had all three facets of their of their teams all intact and all with great ballplayers. So that's the type of thing that you were playing against when you went to Pittsburgh. You were playing against the best.
0: Fred Belitnikoff's our guest, the Hall of Famer. What I find interesting in the rivalry, Pittsburgh was really concerned about Tatum and Atkinson and the physicality (laughs) of that game. What about for you? With Mel Blunt and who they had and their linebackers. You ran a lot of quick routes and a slant and those out routes. If you were around one of their linebackers, let alone a corner or a safety over the top, physically that was a demanding matchup.
2: Oh, you were going to get hit. Yeah. You know, no matter what. I mean, both sides of the, listen, both offenses do this. Everybody on that defense, no matter if it was a Raider defense or Pittsburgh's defense, when you went out there as an offensive player, you were going to get hit. And they had people on both sides. Both teams had people that were going to hit you, and they wouldn't hesitate to hit you. And of course, then there weren't any, there weren't no there weren't any rules. So you know <laughs> you were a fair game anywhere you were on that field. I don't care if you were going inside, outside, up the field, short across the field. No matter where you were going, running the ball, drop back passing, whatever you had to do, you, somebody was going to get hit. You know, Somebody for, was going to get hit, and it seems that ball attracts a lot of people.
0: Yeah, no doubt. It's interesting to tag it with this game coming up. Uh, Jacoby Myers, hopefully, he's he'll be limited today at practice. He's coming back, hopefully. We hope. he's in. He's been in protocol, and Devontae got hit hard at the end, but he seems to be okay. You're right, in the era that you played in, where there were really no rules in the secondary and the late hits and those extra hits and how violent they were. (laughs) Mentally, I mean, you're a tough player there, but mentally going into a Steeler game, all the ones you played in knowing you're going to get hit, you had to have your head on a swivel, right?
2: Oh, it's like being on a freeway down in L.A. on the 4.05. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a, <laughs> they, were, they were coming from everywhere. You know, that's you funny. Had, you had to really know where people were out there when you were an offensive player, when you were running down that field, where everybody, where those linebackers and secondary people were at. You had to really be aware of where the hell you were running to and, and really be aware of who, who was there on your side of the field.
0: Now, Fred, a big topic around here now, and Hunter's your guy. You've talked to Hunter, and Hunter reached out to you early in his career. Uh, The targets have been limited. They're trying to get the tight end going. Devontae's just special. He's going to join you someday with a gold jacket. And Jacoby Myers looks great. So the the strength of this team with Jimmy Garoppolo is the receiving core – And when you, I'm going to get to Snake in a minute. But when you played, you had Cliff when he came behind you, and some good receivers, Mike Ciani, and all the other ones there. The targeting—you were the guy that was was supposed to get targeted the most and got a lot of them. What was it like when you know some guys weren't getting targeted, and you knew that eventually the game plan was going to lead to them getting more targets? Because I think that's what's happening with Hunter now. He's handling it right. The coach knows he he needs more targets, and eventually we can get him going again.
2: Well, you, you know what, and you know, you, you go back to the period of time I played and the guys that I played with on the offense, you know, talking about the passing game, uh, everybody everybody was a great player. And yeah. I played with Warren Wells, who was fantastic, with Cliff, with Siani, with Dave, with Raymond Chester, Billy Cannon, Charlie Smith coming out of the backfield. Every running back we had on, on a team, all except Clarence every once in a while, Every other running back besides Clarence was excellent ball catchers, and Clarence came up with the big catch for us at that one time. <laughs> yeah. That was terrific. That we all know about. You know what? You may go. You may go into a game, and you may only get the ball thrown to you one or two times. And Cliff might get five or six. Casper five or six. Well, you know, my side he might get one or two. The other, oh. the next game, it might just switch around. So. You know, we had so many people that the one the one thing about was this is that you may not get any balls thrown in your game, but you still hey, you still got to get open, you still got to run, you still got to catch the ball. You can't worry about how many balls thrown to you. When the ball thrown to you, you better be ready. And it may not be until the late second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, but you just got to be ready. I know, I went through it. Everybody on our offensive mm-hmm. team at that time went through it. And everybody performed, even though they weren't involved early, they're always involved somewhere in a game. So you couldn't fall asleep out there. You still had to run your routes, keep it going, and you know it's it's like I've always told you, our receiving group. And now, you know, we, we have the we have the new guy uh, to go with Devonte and, and Hunter and the Mayor you know, uh, get him involved more. He's young, but mm-hmm. he's, everybody seems to love him. Yep. And they have a good group. They have a good group. Just they have just as good a group as anybody in the NFL. That's what I truly believe. Uh, I really believe that. And, you know, with Garoppolo, I, be- I believe this, you know, you think about the season and how it starts, you know, it, 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 it in my period of time, uh, training camp was different. Mm-hmm. Everything was totally different, more physical, all that blah, blah, blah stuff. Okay. Now it's not that way, you know, so the minimum amount of preseason games. So I think I, I feel everybody in the NFL, those first two games of the year are basically games that, you know, you're still not ready to play. You know, even though you, you want to believe that the team's ready to play, you really miss a lot the way things are structured in the offseason for these kids. So, like, uh, last week, the first week, the Raiders, they squeak by. This past week, you know, there's nothing like getting, getting kicked in the ass and getting a wake-up call.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's and, that, the- and, that, and, that, and that's how I look at it. Because, I mean, I've been through it with our team years ago. And, uh, you know, you better be ready right off the bat. And, but I really believe the first two games and you look at the new parts that are on a team and I really believe this new parts on a team, you know, that maybe this third game is the game that it all fits together because, uh, you know, in training camp, I don't care what they do now. Mm -hmm. You're never going to get a feeling of a regular football game until your first game on a regular season that's it. And we have parts that are just being put together and everybody's still got to get used to each other. And I mean, sure. I mean, sure. We're going to say, you know, Garoppolo, you missed the throw here, whatever guy drops the ball, runs the bad route, whatever that happens to everybody. You know, the one thing about the Raiders, everybody's so passionate and the way everything is nowadays that we want it instant, instant, instant. Well, let me tell you, let me give you a wake up call. A lot of things aren't instant and you got to sit back. And when you're a player, you have to have patience. You have to see things growing. You have to know that, you know, you got to start performing. Now you had two good games under your belt. Okay. You're one and one. You're still tied for first place. Mm-hmm. Right? You're not 0-2. All right. You're one and one. You're still in the ball game. You got a tough game coming in. And I know Pittsburgh's a tough defensive team. So it's going to be a good test. Fred Boletnikov. good test for the offense. Yeah.
0: Fred Boletnikov. I, I don't worry about
2: Josh, you know, running the ball and all that stuff. It was just one of those games that, you know, it's sad to see and to see what happened. But, you know, the next time, like this game, uh, if it could just turn totally around 360 mm-hmm. degrees. And then you go, oh, he's back great again. Yep. And everybody's happy.
0: Fred Bolitnikoff, the Hall of Famer, one other point on this. When you were being coached by John Madden and you look at the coaching coming off a bad game or a bad performance, I'm talking the whole team, not an individual. I think players in every era deserve to get scolded. You're a coach, called out. You know, look at tape. We see a little bit of that on Hard Knocks and some of the other shows. What's the difference with coaching – coming off a bad loss, knowing that your pads are going to be on, different era that you played in, and you were going to come home say you were coming back to Oakland for a home game and what would Madden and the coaches do to you if you didn't have a great game you didn't perform well as the whole team how hard did they coach you coming off a loss?
2: I I, be, I believe this and I, and I saw it, okay coming off a loss like this last one for the Raiders and if that ha- when that happened to us, and it did happen, because we knew on our team we had the personalities that were already pissed off, and all they wanted to do is get through this week and get to the next game and get back on track, and that's the mentality that we had, and that's the mentality that every single guy on the team had, and that's what you have. So. Yeah, I mean, coaches. I mean, you're not going to go in there and you're going to make your corrections. You're, you're going to say things to guys that they don't want to hear, uh, but they you got to. You just can't let things just pass by, mm-hmm. you know, and not correct people or not ask them why they did this or why they did that. How come he did this? What decision was there uh, on both sides of the ball? And when you go in and approach it that way, you know, it's it's. I mean the hardest thing when you're a professional football player is to sit in that meeting room and as a coach and a player and say it's constructive criticism, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's, that's like, uh, nobody wants to hear that word, but it really is Fred you know, when, you start, yeah. when you start, when you start petting everybody and say, Oh, it's okay. It's okay. That's bullshit.
0: Uh, we got to we, okay. we, we, we got to drop that one, Freddie. We're on we're on radio, not satellite oh, radio. That's okay. That's okay. Oh, we we have equipment for that. Hey, I want to jump into this. Is a big topic for me. Kendra Stabler, the Grand Snakes are coming in. Uh, Ken Stabler's getting That's his cool. Hall of Fame ring. One of your best friends. Uh, that means a lot. This is Mark Davis not only bringing the Stabler family in, but on top of that, fighting to go to the Hall of Fame and getting the rings for the deceased players. I know you were involved in knowing the backstory to that. I think that's a really big legacy play for Mark, who wants to win more than anything and get to the Super Bowl. But how about Mark pulling that off and the rings here and this opportunity for the Stabler family to be a part of the home opener?
2: Well, it's it's, it's something that all of us in the Hall of Fame never agreed with. And the Hall of Fame story was the fact that if somebody has passed away and, uh, and uh, you gave them a ring, you gave the family a ring, you gave family a jacket, uh, who's going to get the jacket or who's going to get the ring? And they were staying away from controversy with family, family fighting mm-hmm. over that item, whatever. So that's, that's what was happening all the years. And then Mark and, you know, I mean, Mark was stood up and was battling for a number of years mm-hmm. to turn this around and get it done and give everybody that jacket and that ring. If, if, if you, if you passed away, you still deserved it. You know, you still mm-hmm. deserve to have yeah. those two items because you're a hall of famer. I mean, you know, you just don't want a plaque that says you're in a hall of fame. And somebody says, well, he's in a hall of fame. Where's his jacket? Where's his ring? And that's what was happening also on top of everything. So the Hall of Fame did the right thing by listening to Mark, by getting that done. And kudos to Mark. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. Mark has enough guts to stand up for for what he thinks is right. And not that he only stand up because of Kenny, but because of the whole uh, Hall of Fame group of guys that have passed away. Or guys that are unfortunately going to pass away mm-hmm. and getting in the hall of fame so you know he, he did the right thing he stood up but he stood up for the entire hall of fame too yes and having kenny being able and kendra and the and the grandkid the grandboys coming in uh it's going to be a lot of fun and they deserve to have to have snakes ring
0: Absolutely. Hey, wrapping it up, we rescheduled for October 14th. We're going to have a great night at the Ghost Bar, which is fantastic. There's a lot going on this weekend. Uh, you'll be around with the Stabler family, so we're looking forward to that. We'll have a Q&A, 5 to 8. We'll do it several times coming up this year. I'm looking forward to that. That sun sets nicely at the Ghost Bar, looking back at the entire city of Vegas, and we'll have a nice conversation for the fans coming up, and we'll do that uh, for October 14th. Put it on the calendar.
2: Perfect. Thank you, JT. Looking forward to the new reschedule mm-hmm. of the event. Uh, you know, something that we just had to do. Yep. And uh, we're still going to have a good time. We're looking forward to it. We're
0: going to have a good time this weekend. <laughs> we're going to have a great time this weekend. So
2: you, you can count on that. I'll tell you what. You can count on that, believe me. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, absolutely. thanks, thanks for doing
0: this, Freddie. Appreciate it. I'll talk to you later today.
2: Okay,
0: thank you. All right, All Fre- right. you got it. Fred Bolitnikoff. How nice was that? It's a good 20 minutes with Freddie. Yeah, close to it. And I like what he said about the- they had a group of players back then. You know, we- can you compare the players of the 70s to 2023? No, you can't. But these players are athletic. They're paid a lot more. They have better equipment. They have better tr- everything they have, food, diet, uh, the where they stay, how they travel. But Fred made a good point when they came off a loss, and they didn't lose a lot. They didn't lose a lot, but when they did, he said we had a group of characters who knew what they had to do. And I don't know those players, but I know there's several of them in this organization, in this locker room, led by Max Crosby, who I talked to earlier this week. So those are the guys that are able to do the right thing, to do the right thing and get this team up for the game. Thanks to Fred Bolitnikoff. We'll promote the event when it comes up in October of the Bolitnikoff Foundation in memory of Tracy Bolitnikoff and what Angela Bolitnikoff and Fred do to try to make the world safer for young girls. That's a big legacy play. Also for Freddie, a Hall of Famer. All right, we'll wrap up this hour. We got a lot to get to. Okay, next hour, we'll let it fly with you on how to beat the Steelers on the flagship of the Raiders.
4: Low snap, Allen has it, five-step drop, looking left, plenty of time, now flushed out of the pocket, rolling to his right, eyes downfield, pump fakes, and he's escorted out of bounds by Spillane at the 30. He could not get anywhere and had nowhere to throw the football, and the Raiders force a three and out on the opening drive.
0: More of that, more three and outs, JT back, that's the voice, Jason Horowitz of the Raiders... A quick segment here, a couple of big storylines today. Kareem Hunt returns to the Brown. Chubb is out for the year. He signs a one-year deal here. We'll see if Saquon Barkley, it looked like he was going to be out for three weeks. I wouldn't play him against the 49ers on Thursday night. It's just too early. But they're not counting him out. And the biggest story in the NFL is Justin Fields today, the quarterback of the Bears, who is trying to walk back a tweet. Uh, He's 0-2, and he said it could be coaching. Justin Fields on what may be causing him to overthink. And now he's at a press conference and then one by his locker room. He says, you know, it could be coaching, I think. At the end of the day, they are doing their job when they're giving me what to look at. But at the end of the day, I can't be thinking about that when the game comes. Wow. Okay. All right. Justin Fields went 16-29 for 211, a touchdown, two interceptions, ran four times for only three yards. Had one yard touchdown, so now you got a firestorm in the big media market of Chicago because of his lifelong record there as a young quarterback of the team, and they're saying to him now, "Look, you got to you got to walk this back, okay? You got to walk this back," and he's walking it back today. So that is a huge storyline. We have the moving lines here in front of me. Wow, some movement in the Raider line, which we'll get to here at the top of the hour. How about that? Some sharp money coming in on the Raiders. I'll tell you how that's going. Oh, and a quick housekeeping announcement tonight. It's amazing. I paid for my son to go to college, Oklahoma, for four years. Got a good job, doing great. Now he's bossing me around. He says, Dad, tonight I'm doing my first ever YouTube Live. I said, Woo, live? He goes, yeah, you're going live on YouTube at 5 o'clock. So I'm going to do that a couple of nights a week. Just going to head out on YouTube. You can subscribe. Most people and youngsters know what YouTube is, and they've already subscribed. I need you to subscribe to my page if you're listening to this show. And tonight at 5 o'clock, I'll do 30 to 40 minutes. No co-hosts, no commercials. 30, 40 minutes of talking. I'll go through the entire schedule of the NFL, and we'll preview the week ahead. So that's YouTube tonight. JT the Brick YT for YouTube. Easy to find. Subscribe, and we'll get it going at 5 o'clock Pacific Time, 8 Eastern, hour number two on deck.